good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. And thanks to my podcasting partner and co-host, Patrick, from Pull String Press for this great studio. Hey, Patrick, good morning. Ah, good morning, Mark. It is beautiful outside. We've I, I have to take your word for it. Because we're in this studio where it's yeah, uh, soundproof. I and live in a studio. I know, we do. And I'd love you to meet um, our guest, Robin Elander. Robin, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having I'm me. I'm thrilled that you're, you're, we can have another conversation. We had a chance to talk uh, at a recent workshop. Uh, but you are the um, executive director of the Summer Solstice Celebration. That's the official term for yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Right, the Summer Solstice celebration which um is for those coming people up. who don't know right and so because our show is we're in a lot of countries 42 at last count uh, and thank you for that article on finland that you sent me our, our listener knows that i tend to pull, pick on the Finns who listen to our show we don't pick on them we celebrate them <laughs> we sell exactly and and you had a great article that you sent me um so tell people what summer solstice is here in so, santa barbara so summer solstice is santa barbara's celebration of the longest day of the year so we have um a three-day festival as part of it and a large-scale parade that really attracts people from all over the world uh, we have a two-month workshop where the community can come and that's where the parade comes to life. So there's a team of art facilitators that can teach the community how to create a costume, how to create a mask, how to create all kinds of different uh, floats. And there's all the equipment there that people can come really build the things of their dreams with the support network to be able to do it. I didn't know art facilitator was a job. Oh, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm lear I learn on it, what what are the skills you need to be an art facilitator? You've got to be excited to work with other people. So I mean, there's that, and you may have a specialty like we have. Um, Britt Nelson is our costume director, and so she has a lot of awesome costuming skills. So she knows how to help her, someone who has an idea about how they want to create a costume and then turn it into a size and how to cut those pieces of fabric and ultimately to put them together. So that type of thing. Or we have other people who um, have the construction type skills. So they know how to put different types of materials together, cut the pieces and ultimately connect them to create something solid that won't fall apart on you when you're moving down a mile and a half or so of street. So when I, I think of creativity and I think of the Solstice Parade, I think of some of the amazing things that I've seen done. Uh, I would, uh, we'll put a link in the show, but just Google Santa Barbara Solstice and do an image search and it'll... There's some really crazy, fantastic, right? crazy, right? fabulous stuff, yeah. So can anybody make a float or be in the parade? Absolutely, absolutely. Really? Yeah, and what's crazy is you can do it up to the last day. This is a, a tradition that has been going on now for 44 years. And although we certainly want people to get involved in advance, they can put a costume on, do a quick little application on event day, get in the parade as a one is individual. Is it free or do you pay? It's um, a little bit of an entry fee. It's $15. Um, okay. If you sign up the at least a week before, and it's $20 on event day. So it's, so it's neglig very, negligible. very inexpensive. And it's only $45 if you want to spend two full months working in the workshop with all of these materials. And the materials, we get a lot of them donated, and the $45 pays for some of the materials that you're going to use and the time of the artist facilitators to support you to make it happen. I'm going to guess that uh, an HR person or someone who's in, who thinks about company morale, yeah. uh, team building, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, what a great thing to come down and spend eight weeks as a company. And we've got a lot of, lot of 
tech companies in town in the region. Mm -hmm. They say, okay, eight of us are going to go. We're going to spend those eight weeks, and we're going to build this manifestation of Absolutely, and we do have quite a number of people do who you? do that, and we'd love to have more people do it. A lot of people don't, believe it or not, a lot of people still do not know about the workshop. They know about the parade. They know that the parade just sort of happens and conjures <laughs> up on the street. Magically, right? But there is this space where hundreds of people come and play and express their own creativity in that space for the two months. It's open practically every day of the week, um, starting May 1st, so it's coming up pretty soon. And then it stays open till um, after the parade, and then we have this whole cleanup process that goes into July. Um, but we have something like 20 or so people to support that process, and hundreds of people, kids, families. We even have a teen camp that this year I think we're going to move a little more in the direction of art innovation, community leadership, and entrepreneurship with our teen camp. Last year was our first one. We had a local um, teacher, uh, Caroline Hambright, who was also our featured artist. Um, she's back for a second year to t conduct that team camp. And it's a great way for someone who either is just curious about building something or they're more interested in um, how the parade and festival comes to life. There's, It's a huge community project, so it involves practically everybody in the community. It involves our city leaders. It involves our city permitting departments, which is like every department in the city. It involves our police department. So although you may think of Solstice as just this crazy, wild-haired, um, artistic experience, it is a community-building project that takes an entire community to make happen. So are you, you're going to be giving the teens a, a kind of more access to the, the nuts and bolts that, that make the show go? Absolutely. That would yeah. be fascinating and interesting to any. I remember uh, helping with workshops and festivals when I was a teenager uh, for uh, festivals in Vancouver, Washington. And I remember that kind of, that was a wonderful, empowering opportunity to access the mechanics of how a festival would come off because it felt like there was a, there was a certain amount of respect that I was being given as a 14-year-old that I didn't receive anywhere else in my mm -hmm. life, this kind of like mm. valuation of, of, uh, of just understanding, not, not, not necessarily that I had a say in what, in the things that were happening, but just to understand, oh, that's why we have to have this insurance writer, or that's why we have to like, like, there's a reason why we need to keep people back this far because, because this is a, you know, a potential bad outcome, um, rather than just, oh, that's a killjoy. It's like, oh no, there's, this float is so large and so massive right. that, that coming around the corner it's it's going to be it's going to take all of us. And to that's get that why done. it only has to be this tall because there's a bridge up here. Right, right. And it won't you can't or you have to sort of create a trap up and down something that, that can fall can, yeah you know, to that, get under street you lights. You got to have a you got to have a plan. Yeah. And you got to have the engineering behind it and this is your engineer to talk to to figure out how to do that. I I never imagined that our discussion was going to include the word entrepreneurship. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this idea in Solstice really is all about entrepreneurship. We're not a traditional art organization, so we are entrepreneurial in the way that we build our funding platform. So we have to more or less do entrepreneurial activities to make the money work out. Um, so we have vendors at our festival. We have um, VIP seats around along our parade route. We have um, different classes and programs that we do to allow ourselves to function. It is a nonprofit organization, but it's um, we kind of operate as a hybrid because we um, traditionally, and we would you know certainly like this to change to some degree, we have not had a lot of traditional funding sources. You don't have a line item budget in the city budget. Actually, that in that regard, we do. Huh. We have... Um, been supported by the city for quite some time, but that's only a, a small uh, portion sure. of the entire project. So. Because the ambition for this is to be much larger than than anything we could 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 support on that level. Sure, yeah. and um, it it is not just the three days that we're operating. We do operate year round. It's a year round program, so it's it takes more than. Um, 
it doesn't just come together overnight. So we are um, how a business. Did, how did you come to it? Where, what is your background that, that led you to being in charge of a huge festival like this? Um, I just love this stuff. Um, <laughs> I, that's, a, that's a good college <laughs> career. That's a great college career path. That works. Yeah. Well, actually, with my college career path, I went to school for parks, recreation, tourism, management. So this is, so this yeah. is Park, kind back, of... Back up, you said that really fast. Say it parks, slower. Parks, recreation, tourism, management. That sounds a like thing. a that sounds it like a grand a thing, canyon thing, and it is a fabulous, fun thing. Yeah, and then I have a master's in public policy and administration, which also sounds like it would fit in with this. And it's it's a perfect combination, but I have been coordinating events um, more or less since I was sixteen or so. Really? And yeah. So I my mom worked. Um, she's actually a hairdresser, and she worked with a downtown. Um, was very involved Here, in the downtown in organization. Actually, no, in a small town near Buffalo, New York, called Jamestown. Jamestown. And she loved participating in the parade and all kinds <sighs> of different uh, downtown projects. So I, she would, I grew up more or less sitting on the laps of various different people that she was cutting hair for, and it was just a, a very inclusive kind of a place. She would be cutting hair for homeless people to you know, the CEOs in town. And so I got to learn what she was up to in the downtown as to like while she was cutting hair and I was sitting there getting it on my whole body. <laughs> what's, um, what's the Jamestown big festival or parade? What's the one that they... You know, nothing that significant. Yeah. Um, but I su- I suppose their one significant thing is um, the Lucille Ball Festival. There you go. She's, oh, she see? is from there, and she's my go. cousin. It's such a small town. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. For real. Distant cousin, but wow. yes. Yeah. That's my hometown has the uh, the 4th of July parade. We have the small town, Ridgefield, Washington, 4th of July parade. And, you know, we have 20,000 people show up to a town that, you know, has 4,000 people in it. Uh, just to watch an authentic experience of this this home built parade mm-hmm. roll through town, uh, and then they have this um, Spud Fest, which is a, a potato themed um, festival, oh, of course, uh, in in the late summer. But you know, it's this this idea of of the of the communities are seeking. Uh, opportunities to create these festivals, but then simultaneously, like having, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of people want to come to something that is real and feels like mm-hmm. an event and feels like, um, even if they didn't participate in Solstice to build it, uh, just the spectacle of it is is exciting and feels like, oh, this is what life is for. It's not digital. It's not on my <laughs> iPhone. It's not, you know, here it is right in front of me. It's the stuff of the core of communities that yeah. makes you feel like you're part of something bigger. And that's, that's the stuff that I love getting involved in. So I've always been doing, um, I started a, a business um, about, I guess it's uh, eight years ago, maybe, um, that's all about community building projects, because I love to help people and organizations to build stronger communities. And so these are the types of things that kind of come out of that. So it's teaching people the skills to first take care of themselves so that they can ultimately take care of others and then grow that to their entire community. So, What continues to surprise you about Solstice? Oh my goodness, so many things. I would say that it is... It is incredible to just, well, that it's so transitory. So we have this space um, that's available for about two and a half-ish months over at the CAW, and we pull all of our stuff out of um, a big semi-trailer of stuff that just sits out at the airport, and that we pull it out for that first two weeks and we just plop these various stations that we set up and all of the ideas, all of the history comes back out Mm. in that moment because we use all kinds of recycled materials from many different years and we keep getting more. But particularly that from that, people just come in there with maybe one idea or maybe they don't even have an idea and suddenly... They feel like they're part of something. They come in there, and maybe they're the most shyest person in the world, and all they want to do is just volunteer to paint the side of something. 
But ultimately, through the process, they come out of it a more confident person, mm. a more excited mm. about participating and kind of finding their voice in the world and they're finding their kind of biggest, boldest version of themselves. And that is such a beautiful thing to see come out of random, fabulous right. people. And what's exciting is all the different types of people who are working side by side. I mean, we we have people who have um, tons of experience, but we have people with zero experience that find that they're really good at some stuff that oh. they never even knew that they would be good at. Like they f- see the detail in something and can like envision this thing. It's it's crazy. Like every time I go back to the workshop, because my office is not at where the workshop is. So I go over there periodically. I'm doing sort of all of the admin, bringing it together part in another spot. And then I keep going over there. And when I go over there, there's something else that just now lives. <laughs> the transit, that <laughs> transitory part, right? Yes, but the, that float went from nothing to a thing. And then maybe there's like a humongous unicorn, or maybe there's this huge uh, dragon that now can like blow steam. Mm. And oh. like, who knows what? But every time I go over there, I literally practically cry because wow. I'm so moved by the beauty in the creation. So this stuff is like, although I really love um, certain elements of it, it's like when I see any parade, it represents such the core of the community because people are working together so strongly for such a period of time. They're either practicing their dance, they're practicing their skill, and then ultimately comes together all together and it gets to be highlighted in front of their friends, their family, their community, people who don't even know. And they're so excited. It's mm. like you're having this huge coming out party. And then it's over. Right. But that so transitory it's... part, so that that I, I love that aspect of it, that it it didn't exist. So I would love to hear how do you come up with the theme each year? Because I have to do that for TEDx. Sure. And I can't do it. Kimberly has to do it because – I suck at that. So how do you come at the theme Mm -hmm. of Solstice each year? Like most other parts of Solstice, it's a community process. So we um, put out in social media, hey, it's time to think about the theme. So people submit all kinds of different ideas via just commenting along Mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. And when this year, I think we got 150 ideas. Wow. But it became so obvious what the theme needed to be this year and it is really? um heroes because oh, of all of what's happened sure. in sure, our sure, community sure. with the uh thomas fire and mudslides so we are excited that. to highlight our community heroes but not just your traditional heroes and all of the heroes that you gotta have put come a solstice spin on it right well because we have fabulous everyday heroes but they are doing something that's not seen so we're doing a nomination process of um tell us who your hero is but then we're kind of combining that with having them involved with solstice in different capacities so we have a fantastic um, muralist who is going to potentially paint some of their faces on different elements so we're going to have them be part of um we we created this beautiful um dog it's a large-scale puppet called hero and it's a two-person operated dog that's got a um a fireman's hat on and we um are planning to take that around to the different uh, well i shouldn't say all of <laughs> i know you're giving but, all the best stuff away but uh a lot of exciting things <laughs> okay <laughs> with that and um involve our local community to highlight some of the best people and organizations that are making Santa Barbara what it is. I want to, um, and this is this is uh, setting up the opportunity for you to, uh, ex- you know, uh, defend, uh, nah, what am I, there, Solstice takes some heat periodically for being a, 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 a disruption or a, um, you know, like there's, 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 uh, there's got to be some kind of like um, struggle that Solstice is fighting against. Like what's, what's the big challenge that Solstice has to, has to kind of beat back? Uh, this year or kind of in general? 
That's a really good question. It, there is an element of that struggle, but I think that is why, in some regard, Solstice is so strong and resilient because we are made up of the people who are the core of Santa Barbara, and that means that everybody is involved, and sometimes that everybody, there's a couple people who do some things that are challenging that have happened in the past. And so we have some of those elements that have created, to some degree, a stigma. Like there's a reputation for, for right. challenging work that then is not as kind of edible as, as the rest of the work. Correct. And that we do really, um, we want it to be a community. We have guidelines, but sometimes people go out of those guidelines and it causes us trouble. So that part has um, really contributed to our challenging uh, funding scenario. So it, it affects funding. It if, does yeah. because that it has, some organizations are scared of that particular element. Partnering so, with Solstice because, oh, what if those, those nutty, right. crazy... Right. And, but know. you know what? That, those things that we're sort of elusively talking about haven't happened for a really long time, like over 10 years. So it's, it's about cleaning that up and kind of yes. saying, like, this is not the parade that it was. Correct. Yeah. And it really... This is a community-oriented festival. We have a children's parade as part yeah. of it. And we have um, the best children's yep, parade. Yep, <laughs> yes, yes, yep. And it, it re- but those those are some of our challenges. But those are also our strengths because we are the most ultra inclusive organization probably in this town or possibly in the West. Sure. Um, who knows? But. That also, yes, does sometimes cause some issues for us. Is that, that's something you have to take on then as the, as the director. You have to like... I do. Yeah. And, um, but that's why we really invite all of our community members to take uh, a role in helping us with that funding. Because if we have all of our participants and our people who come to the parade just give us one, five, or ten dollars... We're in so much better shape because that's that's our support core mm-hmm. than if we are relying on um, local banks or something like that. That who are, who are going to be a little more res- restrictive over right. what they want to partner with. Correct. Right. Yeah. yeah, but they should really also think about the fact that this is um, something that is the core of our community and creativity. It's is something that is an important thing to allow your community to thrive. And so if you're going to hold on to the past, you're not creating a positive future. Richard Florida did a landmark book 25 years ago where he went and looked at communities Mm -hmm. that thrived Mm -hmm. and uh, to try to understand what was it about them and what dots could he connect between Mm -hmm. them. Creativity was the number one thing. Absolutely. And it's such a important thing for all communities if it's not there it's not a community you want to live in you know you may have clean water you may have business but you don't have joy or excitement or something that you want to be part of or to contribute to or give you new ideas to create something bigger and uh, create change that makes some sense i hadn't connected uh, our listener knows I'm very involved in t- the TEDx movement and mm-hmm. in, all, in mm-hmm. all of that that means. But I, I get this sense that we're very similar in that uh, we're not political, we're not religious, uh, we don't advertise. You know, it's be yeah, vulnerable, absolutely. tell a story mm-hmm. that's never been told before, don't try to sell me anything because there's no signs, there's no text, there's no, I mean, there's none of that. That right? is very much in alignment, absolutely. It's, it's just interesting, and it just comes and goes, and, and the ideas, so the ideas worth spreading, if you will, mm-hmm. are, are visualized, right? Because people will do these amazing things, and you may not get it, but as soon as you talk to someone who was part of that crew that built it, and you understand the nuance behind the art. Mm-hmm. Patrick, you and I have had this conversation about art. It's Regularly. It's like that, and you, you help me, because <laughs> I tend to go to functional art. I want to, and that's me. And you, it's like, no, I look at it, and I think of one thing, and then I look at it again, and oh, it's a different thing. And I think Solstice is very much like that. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a as a longtime practicing artist, there's this this conversation comes up regularly of, of where does 
how do I categorize this? How do I fit this into my expectations and understanding of what I think art to be? And that most of us were educated and grew up with this very finite level of, of if it's a painting or a sculpture, or if it's a bronze sculpture or a stone sculpture, I know what it is and I can understand it. But if it's something that blurs that line like solstice, you know, in the solstice festival, where there's these moments where you're not quite sure what you're looking at. Is this somebody behaving in life? Is this somebody who's creating uh, an experience? Is this an object I should value as, as a piece of, you know, art? Uh, Solstice is wonderful for creating those conversations about where does this exist? How does how do I categorize this? How do I make this into an understandable thing? Because it exposes people to uh, the most kind of contemporary um, avant-garde languages for creativity. I mean, these are people who are expressing themselves in ways that they don't get to do in their day-to-day life typically. Um, and when you mix these 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 imaginations that that you know somebody has all year long thinking about, I can't wait till you know solstice and I can do this thing, and you mix that with an art facilitator out pops this incredibly, you know, uh, imaginative, wonderful, uh, hard to define thing. Well, also with that process, like for me, I'm not an artist in the traditional sense, but when I go over there and I'm seeing different people work on things with different materials and they've got all of these choices of materials and they have an idea that they want to create, they're figuring out how to put this together. I'm looking at the way that that's happening and maybe I'm not even participating in that process of creating it, but it's making me think yeah. about, hold on a second, I haven't thought about <laughs> asking this person because they have access to this or, you know, I think about resources in a different way when I'm looking at the way it's combined in that space. And so every time I go over there, it makes me think about things in a different way and I'm not even necessarily building something but I'm leaving there and I'm like oh wait a second maybe I should do that mm. well that's inspiration right, right. and I think that's right. that's when art really when, when we talk and Mark and I had this wonderful conversation that I'm still thinking about on the, on the sidewalk where we were talking about art and function and I and I w- I was advocating and arguing that when something receives a function, it kind of drops out of art. It it, it falls into a new category that you can you can now categorize it via its function. Um, but but when I you know art does have a function, and the function is to provide that kind of inspiration of like watching something that s- seemed like a familiar tool or a, a familiar process, but watching somebody creatively kind of address that process triggers this like oh. This per- I need to get them a welder. I've got yeah. to find them a, a... And I've never thought about yeah. that. How, yeah. Why mm-hmm. haven't I not thought mm-hmm. about that yeah. before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, those are the mm-hmm. best moments. Those are the best. I, whenever I'm teaching art um, and, and watching, my, my favorite students uh, have always come from other departments, not the art department, because they don't come into it with this kind of preconceived notion about uh, the kind of art they think they're going to make. Instead, they, they address the problem from the business department or the uh, right. you know, environmental studies department or the uh, or whatever. And they always come up with the, the, the solutions that I wouldn't have, which is why they're so inspiring to me. And that's the majority of people that we have participating. It's that the people who are not everyday artists, we have a team of people to kind of support that process, right. but it's families. It's mm-hmm. a We have some families uh. that come out, the mom, dad, the two kids or several kids and then they bring their kids friends and their parents friends and they create something and we've they we've had families create a pirate a pirate ship we've had families do like trapeze kind of uh circus type ideas mark when we, you said the art facilitator as a role i thought yeah they start every answer with well, let's figure out how we can do that. Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like every, every, like when, when a family shows up, there's, it can't be, no, that's a little too crazy. A pirate ship, I don't know. I wouldn't even know where to begin. It's instead saying, okay, well, let's do some yeah. research. Let's figure out how we're going to do that. Because if that's where, if that's the direction, the direction that this family is going to make, well, then let's figure it out. Solve uh, it. it. I'm, uh, this Excited, idea apparently. Of the, 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 the core of community, creativity at yeah. the core of community, the, the opportunity to celebrate creativity. I mean, a lot of these themes are coming up in my head, and I'm reminded of Imod Nari, 
which is the Children's Creative Project mm -hmm. here in Santa Barbara, where we have Chalk Festival, and there's mm -hmm. a featured artist. Yeah, we participate that in every, every right, year, too. Right, right. Yeah? And that, that's a, a similar kind of idea where a group of people or a, a solo person will go purchase a square, and they will celebrate their creativity over three days and mm -hmm. draw this thing that has meaning to them, and then we go and, and celebrate that. I just, I think that's just it's such an interesting thing that the community does. Now, what else does Robin do? <laughs> um, a lot of things. So with my consulting uh, hat, I'm supporting a lot of different programs in similar capacities. So one other project that I'm working on right now is called um, Entangled Waters. Oh, what's and that? And so it's a... It's a pre-Earth Day project that's going to be on April 13th and 14th, and it's an immersive um, video art installation that is going to be projected on the exterior walls of the courthouse, huh. and it's um, produced by uh, the, uh, the executive tr producer is Lamara Hartwell, and she, um, she's an environmental steward, and she's worked with a team to create this really immersive experience that involves concepts around co climate change, plastic, and uh, human relationship to water. And essentially, when you walk around through this, um, through the courthouse, you will feel like you are immersed in water and exploring in some regards what it feels like to either be an animal in water with plastic or um. a... Um, various ways to think about your, where your plastic sort of ends up. So is this sunken garden? Correct. Got right. It. So this is um, an exciting project that I'm supporting um, her with uh, some of the marketing and sort of the elements of creating that community around that cause. So another project I'm involved with is called the Santa Barbara Timeline Mosaic. And what that is, is it's a um, there's a local artist, her name is Betsy Gallery, and she had this fantastic idea that's inspired from um, a mosaic in London, and she's creating a 50-foot community-driven um, um, mosaic that is a timeline of Santa Barbara's history from all the way from the Jurassic period oh. of history to today. So there's all these panels. Where is it going to be? Good question. It's a work in progress. Um, but we are finding a, a, a prominent community space to be able to show it off. It will be in a public place that will be forever available for our community to learn and understand how we got to now from then. And what a lot of people don't know is that California was underwater um, for quite some time. Yep. And so these are the different types of projects I get involved with, but I also coach individuals and organizations. And in those capacities, I'm more of a project manager, but oftentimes I'm kind of telling people um, in a supportive way how to go about these types of things in their own communities and doing um, educational programs and retreats around how to kind of build that community around their own cause and how to do it. I think that something you said earlier that that uh, sparks me is to say that um, this is how we start to define the quality of a community mm. and the quality of a place that you might want to live or the quality of a place that you might want to go to. Um, our tourism is driven by a certain amount of, of attraction to art tourism. Art, <laughs> art. Tur Thank you. I didn't know <laughs> that was a thing. Our, our tourism. But I, I think about that when you when when we uh, discuss and negotiate different places around the state that we think about going or, or spending any amount of time in, or just places that we might know, and or when we say to people, "Oh, we're from Santa Barbara," um, very often solstice comes up. As, as a statement of, oh, that's that's where solstice is, or, the, or we were there once for solstice, or solstice is a place we always go back to. Oh, that's so cool to yeah. hear. Well, that's but it's, great. I think it's true that, that it's part of the fabric of this community. It wasn't at one point. At one point, it didn't exist as part of, of, of how we were to utilize this public space that we have. But when you look at State Street, and when you look at the community of State Street, and the, I mean, we're right below State Street right now, uh, it 
it screams for a parade. And when it was redesigned in like 92 or 93, like like there was that that feeling that this needs to be a, a parade ground, a place where where a community can can build a parade of their own reflection and put it out there in the world. But if you don't have that, if you don't have that kind of vitality in the creativity or some outlet inside of your community for that, you really struggle to call yourself a place of culture. And I think that there's a lot of cities and towns that are looking to emulate that, which is probably why you're getting so many phone calls from people <laughs> saying, we need to know how you're doing what you're doing. How do doing. you do that, right? Yeah, because it is what defines a place. It is what gives a place um, a sense of, oh, I remember being there. And there was this wonderful energy and experience uh, where people, the people of the community had the permission uh, or the wherewithal or the just the tenacity to build uh, something that was a reflection of them and what they were interested in. And that's what Solstice is just amazing for. But these type of projects also allow people to be part of something bigger than yeah. themselves. Yeah. Right. Right. And that gives people meaning in their life. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that is something that I'm trying to teach people how to do for their own community and how to facilitate that process that creates inclusivity and heart and support. So, I mean, community process isn't always an easy, straightforward thing. It's, it can be very challenging, and there's a lot of skills Ironically, right? needed to, you know, f make f people feel supported and that it will allow for conversation and equality and mm -hmm. all of that, yeah. those elements. And it's exciting. It's just a, it's a, it's a way that I feel like it's the best way to live mm. for me. Like, it, it just... It's joyous. Do you ever get to go to um, other parades as research? Do you ever do you ever get to um, uh, yes, go out in the world? Yes, but I'd love to do more. Um, we recently had um, one of our artistic art artistic director. He was at a parade and festival in Italy, mm. and he went to one. I'm trying to remember exactly what the name is right now, but oh my goodness, it's one of the most exciting kind of like earliest parades. It mm. started back in like late 1800s. Yeah. And they have this space that they have a year round space that is an old um, airport, or not airport, but where you create planes. A hangar. Sure, a hangar. Yeah. And yeah. it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> and so they have all of these places where planes were created in a humongous space. And yeah. they ultimately. Um, use that year-round, and they have sort of like graduating levels of involvement. So you have sort of like your entry level, and then you like work your way up to be a master, and you're sort of teaching the wow. newbies. And it's it's a beautiful thing, and that's something that their community, it's very much at the core of teaching people skills and community process. And um, and a community cherishing yeah. that, that entity. Because I know you guys do a lot with a very little. Ka is not a huge, if you haven't been to Ka. Uh, sorry, Ka. Community Arts Workshop. It's on uh, Garden in Ortega. Correct, yeah. And it's it's a former motor pool that has been um, caring, lovingly uh, modified and is, is under uh, conversion right now and needs all the support it can get as a physical place to support mm -hmm. you guys. Um, they're working on um, doing a lot of facility upgrades. Yeah, so how that process is, is that used to be owned by the city. Well, it still is. Yeah, right. And they lease it to the uh, Santa Barbara Arts Collaborative. SBAC. So they, they run it. And then they rent it out to many different groups to use it. And we are kind of one of the anchor groups that uses it. Which is what, uh, in speaking to Casey Codwell, the, um, the director over mm -hmm. there, there yeah, was yeah. a lot of conversation around uh, having solstice. And this is what I, I needed education on. But like having solstice in as the anchor tenant who, who, who will take it over for two months, that really facilitated the support for the rest of the community. The rest of the community could get behind you know, the other uh, 10 months a year worth of programming there because Solstice was going to anchor this and, mm. and, and really make the best use of this. And so it being a home for them, and correct me please here if I'm way out of line on any of it. No, this, this is correct, but um, I think what some, one of the things that has been a, a bit of a challenge is that's, that's been such a successful process that it has been a little bit confusing for the community because right. they think um, – we have a permanent home there. I did until this and hour. And we yeah. actually have um, a permanent, say, residency, that, an right. agreement right. with the Santa Barbara Arts Collaborative that we can move in there for um, 90 days, um, the beginning of it, get in there, have the community workshop, and tear down. And that's 
how it is, but I think a lot of people think that we are either the same organization right. or we, you know, that kind of thing. So we're we're growing together. And looking for, you would also, I would assume, then be, be willing to look for, for other or satellite locations that you could extend the programming. You know, that, would, that you would be phenomenal. If yeah. there's another space out there, we are busting at the seams right, right. during the, the workshop. Mm, and mm. we do have a lot of people who build their floats and ensembles off-site. But we so Then you've got to get it to State Street. That is true. So there's that. But, I mean, so if we are more than open to that kind of conversation. So if anybody's listening who has a space, we would love to talk to you. I want to go back to the um, – you've got a semi-truck or a trailer, uh-huh. like one of those – there's a specific name for those pods, but you have one of those. Well, it's actually one of those ones that would, you know, a big one. back on the back of a semi right. that, you know, you attach to the, the front of it. That's that's what it the looks whole like. Thing. The whole right. thing. It's, so um, my question Plus is. Plus a lot more stuff. It's not in there. <laughs> has, that, has that been decorated and painted and is it fun? Yes, it, it could use an update, but yes. <laughs> I, so I was thinking I'd love, I would, I'd love to have a picture of that to put in the oh, show sure. if you have a picture uh-huh. of that because I think that it's, it, I, I love this idea of transitory art a lot. Um, and I like um, specifically like the mandala paintings mm-hmm, that the, mm-hmm. the monks do, I, mm. that they used to do at the art museum. Mm-hmm, you know, you'd, mm-hmm. they'd be in residence for a month and they would paint this thing one, literally one grain at a time and then walk it to the beach and throw mm. it away. I mean, wow. I just, I, I can't love that any more than I do. And the art stacking, like just, the rock stacking at the beach. Uh, oh, I'm um, just at Butterfly Beach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's someone Mm. who keeps taking the same pieces and recombining them every week because we walked Butterfly all Are the time. Are you outing yourself, Mark? Is not, it you? Nope, not me, but I take pictures of it, yeah. um, that's for yeah. sure, because uh, I, I just love, like, that's, I love that found art. Um, I want to talk about public art for a second because I think, Patrick, you're doing something with public art. Yeah, the state of the art uh, is a is a program being run by the, the similar people that are supporting a lot of the programs you mentioned. The Office of Arts and Culture here oh, yeah. in Santa Barbara, run by Sarah York Rubin, um, and uh, yeah, I, I submitted and put in to uh, have some sculpture uh, in the state of the art. And so uh, in Santa Barbara, there's these these uh, sculpture pads that are installed into the sidewalks. There's uh, nine of them, uh, and once a year, pianos pop up on them. Yeah, and artists yeah, decorate yeah, pianos. sure. Uh, at the Caw, actually, and then they're moved over uh, onto State Street where people can just play a piano every day on, on the different corners. Um, but, yeah, I'm just I'm installing some sculpture. Thank How you for – How exciting. That's yeah. great. Oh, I, no, I want to hear more about this because I love that this notion <laughs> – I love that you're taking time from this podcast. But <laughs> well, no, I, th- this notion that civilians, community sure. members right. who want – who are creative, who want to burn the calories to go – Go up again. Go through the bureaucratic process of having mm-hmm. that whatever that is. Yeah. But then they go do something. So tell me, I'm just well because that's entrepreneurial, right? Sure, sure. I mean, yeah. Nobody, there's no market for it. Nobody told me to do it. So you know, it's like I, I it's all on us individual artists who are, are submitting all of that. And they had, um, the, and to be fair, the the Office of Arts and Culture has been exceedingly like helpful and and in their outreach and their ability to, to help us. I mean, that's the um, Entangled Waters is a is a perfect example of yes, there it's a partnership there. It's a partnership there, and nobody nobody you know insisted that they do that. They had to jump through all of those hoops, right? And and every the the the, the kind of like the contradiction. Art facilitators say, let's figure out how we can do that. Um, administrators on the county and, and city level say. Uh, I, you're going to have to convince me. I don't think that's going to, that's not going to be helpful to anybody. And so there's this, you know, this constant, the uh, the Office of, of Arts and Culture has been so great at at kind of like cutting through all of that tape to allow us to make, to put these sculptures up. So the sculptures will be up for, for 90 days from um, uh, April uh, 1st through, uh, oops, through June. Um, and I'll have two sculptures up. Uh, one of them is California Locks of Love, which will be a, uh, a fence segment, a, a, a wall segment of, of chain link fence uh, in the shape of the state of California. And um, oh. various wow, people. Wow, interesting. Yeah, people will be encouraged to put, to fix locks to different places of, oh. of specificity. How so tall is it? It'll be eight feet tall. Nice. Not 30. Um, so Where will yours be? That'll be on Ortega and, and State. Nice. Oh. And uh, the um, uh, the mayor is going to come down on the first night, on the opening night, and uh, fix a lock where Santa Barbara is. 
uh, is the plan. And then hopefully it'll grow like coral or like barnacles. That'll yeah, be the yeah, idea. Yeah. Oh, that I like this that. thing expands. Yeah. Um, the other project will be on the exact opposite end of these of the sculpture park that we're creating on State Street. It'll be up on uh, Victorian State, right in front of the Starbucks, and that'll be the public flagpole. And the public flagpole is an opportunity for people to, for to collaborate with me to create flags that we get to fly on this pole. And so um, there'll be an email address where people can email me uh, called Pale Gray. PaleGrayArts at gmail.com. Mm. And that'll be an opportunity for people to send me designs for flags. And then uh, we will I will sew them up. And then I will meet them over at State Street. And we will do a flag raising and a, a flag lowering ceremony uh, on this uh, on this kind of scaled down flagpole that Ooh. we're working with. Yeah. I think a, a girlfriend of mine is involved with it. And she created a, a mailbox that yes. people can... Uh, essentially put letters and then they'll be I'm not exactly They're sure. They're going to be read. Okay. Yeah, so some of the letters are um oh I can't, oh this is part of your Siano. project. So well it's, it's the same show. And, Got it. and um but yeah, she's she's going to have two side it's a two-sided mailbox that will receive letters there's something about some letters to this or some letters to that. Correct. Yeah. And it's then, like a healing um letters and yeah, it's like letters asking for healing or letters giving healing. Yes, That's what it is. It's, yes. Yeah. One side will be these are letters requesting, you know, uh, we, we, we felt a loss during the mudslide or we, or we struggled with our, our house is gone or whatever. And then on the other side, it's the condolences. So it's people saying, you know, we still love you. We believe in you. We care about you as, as a member of our community. So and then those letters will be read. So like one letter would be read uh, that would say this is the struggle that we went through. And then another letter would, for healing would be read that says... It's such a beautiful great project. project. But this, great project. This, so it's called State of the Art, which is a, just State of a the great Art Gallery plate. Yep. But I, 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 again, I, I don't live in that world, as you know, <laughs> yeah. right? More the business side. But I, I love this idea of uh, the art that's not in a box. Right, right. We, we find that there's a lot of times where, and this, is, this speaks to Solstice as well, is that, is that uh, it's not very democratic to, to set up a white cube box gallery that, that then you know, has this kind of exclusivity at the door. Uh, there's a lot of democracy uh, in art that needs to be kind of reinstalled, and Solstice does a really great job of this, if I might compliment you oh, for a moment, well, that you. that um, you invite the community to come and make art. It, you do not have to have a pedigree. You do not have to have a license right, to do it. Right, right. All you have to do is have a desire to want to come participate. And so the State of the Art Gallery is, is similarly set up to say, we want to invite the world to come participate in this. We don't want to say, you have to know where it's at. Or you have to have some kind of secret code to get through the door or even some pedigree to understand that these are the rules of a gallery. I mean, a lot of people don't go into galleries just because uh, they think that there's a barrier to entry that has to do with class or society. The museum struggles with this constantly. That's why it's so great to see school kids coming and participating mm. in an, at a museum is because they need to understand that museum is built by the people for the people. I, 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 I mean, if I, you, you I asked. Love, I, so. I know, no, no. I, I love... For for me as a citizen, yeah. I love the surprise of you know parking on Chapala, yeah. walking out to State Street, and there's some amazing thing that I didn't expect. I, mean, I live my life hashtag unexpected. <laughs> good, <laughs> right? good, good. That's as you I, I I want to do unexpected things because people love them, because I love them. So I'm going to do unexpected things for other people. So that kind of art just surprises me. That's what I love about Solstice. Like. Wow, where where did that come from? And that's and, what makes communities right? and especially downtowns exciting. That yeah. element of surprise, you keep coming to the heart of the city and there'll be surprises because that's what happens there. And so I like that. I love it. Uh, we are, that time just went shoop, Woo. evaporated. <laughs> and uh, our listener knows that I love this part of the mm -hmm. show when um, I l give you the opportunity to put a bow around this conversation and give it a name mm -hmm. as someone has come in through some other show and now they're like gosh that was so good please can I have another <laughs> and uh, they, they, they look at the, the list of shows mm -hmm. of, of which there's many to choose from uh, so the title is everything in this case so what's the title of this conversation Mm, I think the title of this conversation is what can happen when you start uh, exploring yourself and taking care of yourself so you can help others because it all starts with you and that is when 
anything else becomes possible. Hmm. That's a whole and that's a great tagline <laughs> sentence. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole. That's, that's, that's good. It's good for title. It um, all starts with you. Is interesting. Yeah. So it it um, so we we want to give them a little bit of what it's about, right? Because what'll happen here's here's ex- is I have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the title? And then once they get to a show page, then I can start to expand on that, and then I can I'll write up all the notes. But it's still mm-hmm. like maybe it's about the crux of building stronger communities. Okay, so we're almost there. Something like that. Because the creative that, communities uh, yeah. and their support systems, something like that. How about creative communities? That that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. How about building creative building communities? Okay. Can we do that? Is yeah. that a co-creation there? Mm-hmm. Normally, my audience is yelling at me right now, going, "Mark, you, you know, got you know what the yet. title Building is." Creative communities—that's perfect. I yeah, love that. I love that. So that'll that'll work, and we'll it'll go viral, and and uh, <laughs> we'll be known for episode one seventy nine as okay. the building creative communities thank you so much this has been so fun thank you yeah, so much and Mark. it's my my oh little my part of yeah, solstice uh I, I think i told you when i saw you at our offsite that my daughter when she was old enough to skate so i'm gonna guess six years old okay. uh her mom put butterfly wings on her and put her at the very front of the oh, parade. Right. she was the front of parade for Eight or nine years. It's really that the, key, her, the key to her success. I, really call, I call that diving at life early. Right? <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I love it. That's your title. Is that? That's diving that's, at life? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> diving at life is perfect. Like, what does that mean? I have yeah. to listen to that show. <laughs> yeah. Diving at life. So, okay. Thank you so much. I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press. If you're interested in partnering with the podcast or as many people lately, Patrick, or want to yeah. do, they want to produce a show, we do that. We have the skill set. We yep. know how to help get your idea out there in what we call conversational content Drop us a note to partner at 805connect.com. And Patrick, someone's listened to yeah. the very end. Thank but they, you. They're thinking, gosh, how could I help those kids? How you could help us is by uh, rate, write, and review. And then also, you know, as Mark just said, we need more uh, sister shows. We need more shows that uh, uh, build out our network. So uh, think about the show that you want. Uh, it is probably more economical than you uh, could possibly imagine. Also, uh, having a show gives us the opportunity to seek uh, commercial economic support for you. So you come to us with a show. We'll talk about finding a sponsor. Uh, worry about the content first, uh, and then we'll help you find a way to make it. Yes, oh. yes, let's figure out how to do that. That's mm. an art facilitator. So All you're right. a podcast facilitator. <laughs> podcast facilitator. I may have to talk to you about that. Yeah, I sure, love that. Sure. We, um, we, uh, it has gotten now to almost every week someone is talking to us about They've got an idea, and they like do a blog. It's don't do a blog. I Mark Sylvester has a firm hold on my calendar now, <laughs> with uh, with the six or seven shows that we're doing. So, uh, I, but there's still room, still space. I'd love to hear from you if you have um, if you have questions for this show, or if you have an idea for a guest. The show is 100 uh, percent from ideas that you have. You all have figured out how to get a hold of me. You drop me a line at mark at 805connect.com, and I thank you in advance. I my network is so much richer as a result of those introductions. Thank you, and until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. <laughs> <laughs>